Hello and welcome along to G'day GEA, brought to you in association with O'Neill's International Sportswear, the choice of champions. Please visit O'Neill's on Facebook and Instagram on at O'Neill Sportswear AU. Well, I'm delighted to be joined here this evening in Bentley East. Sean O'Leary is back in action, back from the homeland. Great. Back on Australian soil again. Terrible weather, Liam. Terrible weather, me. terrible weather. But look, what can we do? We've had a good run of it back in Ireland. Um, and we've got Giggles on the line, Ian. Where are you, Giggles? Clonmel or Warford? I'm in Lismore, right? The home of Ireland. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> it, was, it was the home of international hurling there for a few weeks and football, which was great. Yeah. <laughs> I can't, can't lay claim to the home of, of hurling in the, on the domestic front, though. Um, and the home of the one of the nicest <clears throat> hurlies, I was just saying to Liam there before, before uh, we came on here. Um, the nicest hurlies gig. What's the name of that hurley maker in Lismore again? Yeah, in fairness to Chris, o- Chris O'Gorman, oh, Chris he's, O'Gorman, he's yeah. more man. Uh, he, there was a few of the boys, Shawnee, Kieran Sheehan there, Jackie Leonard got broke a few early on and Chris produced the goods, <clears throat> in fairness to him. Um, he's a serious early maker now. Oh. Yeah. All the boys, my friends at Kilkenny Giggles, who you met at the wedding, Killian and Davey and all them, they all use Chris O'Gorman's hurls as well. Oh, do they? Yeah, they were in college with yeah. him in Cork and um, they, they all use oh, them. That's right. yeah, yeah, they're lovely hurls. Hurlies. Yeah. Hurls. There's a big article in that in Times, <laughs> times during the week. <laughs> anyway, um, please get in touch with us on GadayGA on Twitter, Instagram, and uh, on email, GadayGA at gmail.com. We had our longtime listener, big fan of the pod, Derek O'Donnell, talking us up there. Cara Kane, who's a, a journalist back home, had a, a tweet up saying, Is there any more saturated market in the whole world than GA podcasts? Um, he said so many good ones, but if you get started, you spend your whole life listening to them. But in fairness to Derek, he tweeted in saying, Many of them good for different reasons, the GA or blah, blah, blah. He said, G'day, GA, very good perspective from us. So we'll, we'll take that. Thanks, Derek, for tuning in. And Derek as well. He actually won the um, G'day, GA trucker cap um, as a prize back in our 50th episode. I'm still waiting for his address. So, Derek, if you're tuning in today, send me your address. I want to post that hat out to you. So or, get, get or else it'll redraw. Or else it could be a redraw. Yeah, it could be a redraw. <laughs> Sean, he's on his phone here, Giggles. Now he's WhatsApping here, so I don't know what's going on. I was, yeah, I was supposed to get um, supposed to get some uh, messages in from uh, a leashman, Tommy Bo. Um, he was meant to send me messages, but he didn't get them yet. I might get them before the end of the show, so we'll wait for that. Okay, we wait for a breath for that one. And um, we've got a packed show today. We have coming up first. We're going to have a look back at the World Games and have a good chat with Shawnee and Giggles about a fantastic week that they had down WIT and ended in Crow Park. Didn't collect a silverware, but they had a fantastic week. We're going to get a good rundown on that. We're also going to have a very special All-Ireland final Giggles Corner. Is that right, Giggles? Yeah, put your lads through your paces with a bit of a quiz uh, on, the, on the two t- teams coming up in tip kick any history. Um, so we'll see how you go with that. And also then we're going to obviously have a preview of the All-Ireland Final, which is coming up this Sunday. So we're recording here Sunday night in Australia. Um, we've got a week to go. Very, very excited, obviously, being a Kilkenny man. But I think, even as a hurling neutral, obviously you're seeing two teams back there who've been there many times before, but it's it's shaping up to be an absolute cracking final. So we're going to come with a, with a good preview of that as well. But um, coming up first, lads, we might have a look at a great week down in WIT, ending in Crow Park, the World Games. Traveling in a fighter combi On a hippie trail head full of zombies I'm 
met a strange lady, she made me nervous. She took me in and gave me breakfast. And she said, Do you come from a land down under? What was that? Fuck. What was that, Giggles? What was that, mate? That was uh, wedding, wedding crashers. All right. Oh, nice. <laughs> anyway, Giggles, um, you got to the final against the Middle East, which was amazing, and I got to tune in. I was back in Melbourne. Um, it was Thursday, was it? it was final on Thursday? Friday morning. Friday, Friday, Friday morning, morning yeah. Irish. Yeah. Friday morning Irish time. I, I got back to Australia on a Tuesday, tuned in Friday night, watched it live on Facebook, which was amazing. I, they were all streamed. And I know he didn't get over the line, but what a way to finish up that competition to get to play in Crow Park! Yeah, I, I look. Sean has probably said it, it was like it was like a week. It was phenomenal. Like we we were put up in WIT student accommodation. We had three games on the Monday, three games on the Tuesday, two games on the Wednesday, and that was the group done. And we had kind of won seven out of the eight group games. We lost to the Middle East in the first game, beating them in the second game, which. For us, it was kind of like a semi-final because we knew if we'd beaten them in that game, we were in Crow Park. So we really kind of put the backs to the wall and gave a good performance that day and beat the Middle East. We were out, out to Dormore East every evening into the ocean, kind of have a big feed then afterwards. So you really got to know the group very well. There was a great camaraderie and you were playing hurling like every three or four hours. So I was saying to Shawnee, the bodies were creaking, but the first touch was never an issue because the hurling, the amount of hurling you were doing was, was always fantastic. And yeah, as you, as you said, to finish up in Crow Park, like between walking into the whole stadium, getting togged out in the dressing room, doing the warm up in the warm up area, running out onto the field, hitting a few scores, hit at half time, and then in fairness to the Middle East, they they kind of just used the the width of Crow Park a lot better than than we did in the second half. We we probably panicked a bit and went for goals with five minutes to go, and we could have tapped over the points. Classic nine aside or seven aside mistake that a lot of teams fall into. But overall, like on a personal note, and with the, with the team and with, with all the Australians and people, it was just an unbelievable experience. And Shawnee, obviously, yeah, getting to play in Crow Park, and I know you your little boy there, and giggles, you were the same to get play there in front of like with the family all there as well. Must have been very special. Yeah, like as giggles said there, like I mean, look, the the goal was going home to get to Crow Park. Really, that was that was a good goal. Anything after that would have been a bonus. Obviously, we're disappointed we lost. Um. But yeah, it was just a feast of hurling for probably, I know I was on for about five days, but you were constantly hurling, hurling, hurling. Because we went home, we play, we trained with Mullinahone on the Friday. Um, we played another match against Kilsheelan, practice match on the Saturday. Um, we had the parade on the Sunday, and then it was just hurling in for the next five days. So it was nearly seven days of hurling, but all you were thinking about was hurling. You're hanging around with lads, talking about matches, talking about this, talking about that having the crack, getting to know lads from other states here in Australia and from other clubs back home. Um, it, it was a memorable occasion, like one we'll probably cherish for the rest of our lives, you know, and, and I guess culminating in Crow Park, as Giggle said there, we didn't do ourselves probably justice in the final. We went away from a lot of things that we kind of, we got right during the week, especially in that last Middle East game where we kind of ran the show against him, um, but never... Uh, Never put those things together in the final, and we kind of we seem to panic a bit and and play as individuals, and you know when the things things kind of got tough in the final. But all in all, and said that it was it was a fantastic time, like to get to play in Crow Park. Like as a young fella 
playing hurling out in the backyard and you're thinking about playing Craw Park or Torless or whatever, but Craw, you know, that's the ultimate like. Yeah. So look it's a dream come true for personally for myself and yeah, I mean I don't have too many years left in the in the in the body at saying hurling at this stage, so it was pretty special for me and yeah. And the World Games as a concept is an amazing thing. Like, like we described the last day, it's like the failure for adults, you yeah. know. And but especially that bringing everyone home and like my, I know we spoke last. My mum and dad came down to see yourself and giggles down in Waterford, and they said like what was really nice about it was all the families coming down to Waterford to see all their sons yeah. and daughters back from all four corners of the world yeah. to play Gaelic games for whatever country that they had adopted as their yeah. home now. Like, That's it's something really cool about that. It really was. I was blown away by how how, how well the setup was in WIT. You know, the, like, alone, the pitches were in perfect condition. Absolute pristine condition. But, like, all the little tents around the place. O'Neill's had a tent down there. Um, GA Go had a tent down there. There was refreshments. <laughs> there was physios. There was doctors. There was... Um, you know, they had a, hall, a full kitchen, you know, coffee stations, everything like that. It was really, really well done. And as I said, it was, the crowd was, was based on families from all over, all over well, fr- family from, from expats all over the world were spread everywhere and they were all playing in the one area and it was just real, a real kind of relaxed family, loca- uh, you know, um, occasion there. Um, so, yeah, it was, it, was, it was really well done. And as well, a massive shout out to the two Australasia teams who did collect silverware up in Crow Park. That was the ladies football team and the ladies camogie team. I watched both of those finals win. Massive wins and representatives from Victoria on both teams. So well done to all the girls involved there. Um, they, they got to climb the steps and, and, collect, and collect their medals and collect their trophies. And I think like it's kind of a pinnacle for some of those players as well coming back home who might not get to play again in Ireland again but to get to, to win in Crow Park for those girls is amazing I'm sure you were all there cheering them on as well after you finished up in the hurling yeah we, well we missed the Camogie final because <coughs> that was on before us um, so we were all in, inside in the dress rooms getting ready and getting in to get started for our game so we missed that and, and they had a fantastic win um, and the, the ladies footballers we got to see that and we've seen Trisha, Mel, uh, Trisha Melhemphy from Fermanagh get the winning score Sinn Féin girl um, Sinn Féin girl she yeah, did, she was fantastic so a dream come true for her because uh, I think she had a bit of disappointment there the last time she played in Crow Park when she played with Fermanagh so really really sweetener for her and Giggles is actually on top of that we, we had Mark Simpson playing with ourselves and his girlfriend I'm sure soon to be fiance if he's any of the sense at all Karen, Karen Jones. Jones playing for uh, Australasia a good car received the ma- Good cock woman, yeah. Uh, serious defender, and she got the man of the match. They did the man of the match award for all the finals, and she won the match. Player the match. Player the match for Australia. Yeah. Yeah, she was so, fantastic was, for Victoria in the state games final against New South Wales as well. She was she's a brilliant hurler. She's very good. Yeah. Uh, we we also had like uh, go go to go back to the hurling competition a little bit. Like we thought going down there that like we knew Middle East would be strong. We, we didn't know what to expect from Asia or Europe, but we kind of thought they would be weaker, right? And then you didn't know what to expect from New York. So we played New York in the first game, lost by four points, and thought, okay, they were actually decent. Next thing, who lands over day two? Big Johnny Glynn from Galway, <laughs> whose actual home club is based in New York. He never transferred oh. back to Ardrahan um, when, when he comes to play for Galway. So therefore, he was eligible to play. And actually, we played New York then, and we kind of knew it was going to be a tough game. Shawnee O'Leary had the had the, the, the beautiful job of man-marking him in the first half, and he did so admirably. And Mark Simpson then man-marked him in the second half. 
And I'd say, Sean, I, I ran into his arse at one stage and nearly got broken up, but you had to follow him around for a whole 10 minutes. Yeah. He's a serious size of a man, isn't he? Oh, I mean, the one thing about him, like, what I did notice is, like, he's he's actually very trim, very fit. You know, you think he's, a, like, a lump of a man, but he's not. He's, like, don't get me wrong, he's seriously strong. I mean, the man, he just, you can't get at the ball. Once he puts his body around the ball, you can't get at it. Um, but and he's well able to move around the pitch. But um, yeah, it was it was nice to pit uh, pit myself against the uh, intercounty hurler as well. So I was pretty happy with that. Two big like just raw men like head raw, to head. That's yes, it. <laughs> big difference in the age, yeah, for right, But it was only ten minutes, thank God. But giggles, obviously, as well, a big factor of the um, the games is the the native born players and the native teams. I know Australasia had a native born ladies team, a native born men's football did you have much interaction with those guys because I know from speaking to John Reaney from Geelong who Geelong had a good few representatives on that that it was like a trip of a lifetime for them like it was amazing yeah, for them uh, we, we, like the Australasian ladies whatever group they got into anyway they were unbelievable they were winning games 10-17 to no score for the first five games nobody scored against them they were that good but then I think in the other group there was two New York teams and they were very very strong and as it came to pass, the New York team bet the Australasian native ladies team well in the final. And then the Australasian men's team were quite strong as well, but that was a very competitive competition. Like they came up against one, one of the kind of the, the, the crowd favourites, we call them, the South African Gales, who were a team of absolute flyers. They were like bullets. And they drew with them in the first game and lost by a point in the second game, I think, which knocked them out. And again, I think a New York team went on and won that, given that there would be so much kind of GA in New York they would be the, probably the strongest of all the native sides. But what I couldn't get over was on the hurling front and the native sides. Like, there was five hurling teams in the Irish-born competition. There was 11 hurling teams in the native-born competition. What was the native like so to watch? Had, oh, Very some good. of it, like, we, 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 the New York native-born team and the, uh, and the London team got to the final and New York won it, right? So we didn't actually see that much of them because they were on a different pitch to us. But there was a couple of lads, there was a team from Milwaukee there. Milwaukee, um, I saw them. They were on the profile on... I think it was on the GA Twitter account. I said, watch a couple they of minute clip. What, what, some club in Warford had him giggles, like some real small little club. Can't remember who I hosted. Think it was I think it was Bally Saggart. Yeah, Bally Saggart, which is out the road, which is Chris O'Gorman's club, actually. Yeah. Who makes the Hurleys. They had them. But they, they had some players, and it was it was hilarious listening to them, right? Because you'd have a guy <clears throat> up at foot forward, he's like, right here, buddy, front and centre, front and centre. <laughs> and, and you hear the American accent called. But then, like, first touch was great. Striking there, and you know yourself, Liam, hurling with Jackson Johnson, who's an, an Australian born, never was in Ireland at all. I think, I think he went to holidays here for a week or two, but he's a phenomenal hurler like, who's got left to right, first touch, speed, yeah, yeah. bravery. And once you get into it, I suppose, like maybe there's a bit of snobbery from Irish people to say that, oh, you can't really take up hurling unless you start when you're six or seven or eight years of age, like all of us did. But it just goes to show, I'd say, none of these guys started until they were 18, 19, or 20, and they can all hurl. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's the most like for me. I think like no disrespect to Gaelic football, but anyone can come down and give you know give Gaelic football a go to see yeah. a native-born hurling team and multiples of them in that games. Like that was a highlight for me. Like I think that's something so special because it's not often like you say. It could be a snobbery thing on Irish people um, that oh yeah, you can't play that game unless you play up as a young lad. But to see them playing like that is amazing because it's such a joy and obviously the enjoyment that they get from it as well. Yeah, and and the other thing about yeah. it as well, you're sitting inside in the dress rooms. You, it's kind of all shared dress rooms really because you've only got thirteen players there, and they're huge dress rooms, and everyone has to, you know, get tugged out because there's so many games going on. And you're sitting in dress rooms with maybe another team from 
like London there, the, the London footballers are tagging out with us there at one stage. Remember, you're just you're just hearing those there, those accents, or the British accents going out playing Gaelic games. Like yeah, you know, it's just yeah. it's just it's weird, like you know, in in a good way. You know, it's it's just just so strange, and they're very passionate about it as well. Like of course, that's yeah, yeah. that's the other thing about it, like. You know, they're all really passionate, they're all very competitive about winning. Like, re- you know, regardless of their skill level, it doesn't really matter. They, they want to go out there and they want to win. And the other thing, actually, just back on the Australian women's team as well, they actually don't play out in Gaelic Park every, from week to week with all, the Irish, with all the Irish community out there. So they actually put a team together of, you know... Um, it, ladies AFL players. Yeah, Gael, or Aussie rules players, yeah. and actually put a football team together. So... I hope now that they'll actually come out to Gaelic Park, you know, on, on a weekly basis and join up with teams out there. And that's the interaction I probably think is the next step forward for uh, the Gaelic games out here. Oh, without a doubt. It's the, it's the growth of the games amongst the native-born players all over the world. Yeah. That's what we yeah. need. We need to, to grow the games. Sorry, Giggles, you want to get Sean, in there? Sean, 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 you maybe need to tell Don Lokusek there's a new British influence on Gaelic games. <laughs> Let's not talk about that. He doesn't deserve any airtime after, after that performance. And your county man as well, Giggles, has a lot to answer for as well. Giggles, uh, you'll, you won't get anything here from Liam here from Don Lokusek. No, no, let's not bring, I, I don't mind him as an analyst, but that was out of control. But anyway, look, amazing week in WIT, and I spoke to Gerard Rowe as well, um, Secretary of Australia's GA, and he just said, like it was the best week nearly that he's ever had. It was a dream week, he said, in terms of logistics, yeah. players, no issues, and that everyone just had a brilliant time from start to finish. And like that's what it's all about. And you talk about, yeah, winning the final would have been great for you guys, but really it was about the experience and the journey of starting in Melbourne and culminating in a, in a in a final in Crow Park with a bunch of players, some of you known and some of you didn't. Yeah. And like you said, Sean, that's a, something that you'll have and, and cherish for life and got to share with the family. So that's something very special about the G and bringing everyone back home. And I think that's it's awesome that it's in Ireland now because I know when it started off first, it wasn't in Ireland, but they've brought it to Ireland now with the finals in Crow Park is an unbelievable carrot to get everyone to come home oh, and play yeah. in it. It's amazing. I think, yeah, I think like and there was a good good few guys from Australia out here who actually didn't go back for, for whatever reasons. Like, But I actually don't think they actually realise what it's all about and like what what we've done now and witnessed it and been a part of it like if the next the next state games team or all Australian team to get to go out there I'd be having a word in the air said do not miss out on this trip yeah. this is phenomenal yeah an amazing like, trip. well worth every every time of it and every it's, penny. Kind, it's kind of just a bit it's a kind of a pity it's only every three years isn't it it's yeah like, could they could they bring it back to every two years? It's like the World Cup. It's like the World Cup giggles. Man, you have to. It's every four years for the soccer World Cup. You can't. You know what I mean. You don't want to max it out. <laughs> you don't want to max it out. But I think I think there will be a market for it there if it was every two years. Do you know? Yeah. Um, every year is probably very hard to organise, uh, and it's a lot of cost, I suppose. Cost. But just just given the success of it, and I guess you're trying to in, in the GA are trying to infiltrate the rest of the world. Like they have the Irish. If it was a business, they have the Irish market saturated. They've got whatever percentage of Irish people playing games, there's a whole world out there now. And this yeah. kind of tournament's highlighted 58 of the 85 teams were native-born. So there's a whole world out there of people who want to, who could play Gaelic games. And this is this is the platform or the carrot to kind of go and get those guys to play um, and kind of build the GA around the world. So, And it's a perfect time of year as well because you, like the, the universities are off, so you can use your university camp, you know, accommodations. Mm-hmm. And then you can use their facilities in terms of yeah. pitches and that. So you can you, you can go all around all around Ireland, really. Like you go down to Cork, Galway, you know the main cities, like to get mm-hmm. Limerick, even you know. So. Well, well done to everyone involved, and well done to Shawnee and Giggles and Kevin Courtney as well from from Gary Owen, all the Victorian players, and indeed everyone from Australasia and the girls 
who took home the silverware. Um, a massive week, and we look forward to getting those trophies back in, and I'm sure there'll be a couple of nights out in Melbourne to celebrate when the trophies make their way down here. So, coming up next, we've got a very special Giggles Corner, um, focusing on, I believe, the All-Ireland Finals. No, there was there was no tangle, right? It was an off the ball incident, right? And I made my feelings like we played him now twice. He didn't stay down for no reason, like, and that cost us a score, right? Now I've seen other people come onto the field and make points and be just as animated. Yes, there's one fella I I get sent all the time, and I, I don't think it's personally fair myself. And if you look at the whole thing, I can promise you you'll see more people giving out. But that official wanted to make a name for himself and fair play to him. He probably did. old Davy came to an end there a couple of weeks ago we'll get into that in detail in a few minutes time but Giggles what have you got for us here a special All-Ireland Final Giggles Corner and we don't have Giggles Hello. Giggles you're back you took a little break there I'm, did you I'm what? back I don't, know what, I don't know what happened there so there was a little bit of a interruption in the line but yeah I, I'm, I'm back with Giggles Corner lads I'm going to put you through your paces today um, we've got a Kilkenny tip quiz Liam, you're going to be answering the Tipperary questions for it to be fair. And Sean, you're going to be answering the Kilkenny questions, right? Both of us, so have, raised a a... Both of us have raised our eyes to heaven on that. <laughs> I know, yeah. yeah. So it could be a nil-all draw here. I, 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 I'd have good odds, actually, on a nil-all draw. I'd say it's even money. All but right. we, the, the, the questions will go along, and it's a bit of a rob from another club. But we're, what, what club lads are from, how many officers they have, and we'll oh, talk about county titles, right? So oh, it's, right. It's a, the two you need to... The two of you need to stay off your phones, right? You're, you're I'm not on my phone. I'm on, I'm, on the, I'm on the mixer here, yeah. but Shawnee has his phone up the oh, whole here time. We go, I mean, like during the quizzes, I'm, like he always does. Here, bullshit, yeah. no, Liam. Hey, hey, what's your language? What's your language? What's the language? Okay, this is this a family, this is a family podcast. Yeah, you stop drawing crap at me, so. All right. Yeah. Okay, guys, I get the music for you. Ready? Can't take his baiting. Off we go, off we go. Who's first? He'll tell you. He's the quiz master. This is, this is like Lee Keegan and Conor Callahan yesterday. They're serious hitting off the ball here before the game even starts. <laughs> right. Radio. So, cool. Shawnee, we'll start with you. You're, it's going to be every second question. So, Shawnee, Kilkenny question. What club does Paul Murphy play for? I haven't a clue. I have no idea. Mullinavat. Hazard a guess. Mullinavat. That's incorrect. He's uh, Liam, you'll answer him, but you don't get a point. Dan, what is he? Uh, Dan's Ford. Dan's Ford. Correct. No, you don't get a point for that, Liam. That's okay. Well, on to Tipperary. On to Tipperary, Liam. Carl Barrett. What club does Carl Barrett hurt for? Jesus. Don't know. He's, a, he's a tramp. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, Giggles. No, no. Holy Cross, Bally Cal is the club dead. Played, played under 14 challenge match year before. Against him, did you? Yeah, I did. No, against Carl Barrett. Maybe, maybe he might have been playing. Could <laughs> be the same maybe, age. Some flakes in that, the two cornerbacks <laughs> hanging out. Right, yo. Shawnee, an all-star question. How many all-stars does Richie Hogan have? Oh. You should make an educated guess that one, I'd say. I don't know, but I'm going to give a guess after. I'd say four. Four is correct. Yeah, that's a yes, good guess. That was a good guess. Stars. Well done, Shawnee. Now, point Shawnee's on the board. Liam, over to you. How many all-stars does Shamie Callaghan have? Oh. I'd say... Oh, I'd say three. 
Liam, you're spot on. Yeah, three, yeah. one Sha- all. Shawnee had, like Shawnee, had se- Shawnee had seven up here. Forgive me. <laughs> Just interesting, interesting fact: Jamie Cannon didn't hurt well until around 2015. True, true point. Yeah, he had a good year in 2008. I think was his debut year, and, and then went totally off the boil for a while. Yeah, yeah. Right, yo. Um, over to you, Shawnee. What club is Brian Cody from? Jeez, oh, that's an easy one. James Stevens. James Stevens, that's correct. And Liam will throw to you on a similar question. Oh. What club is Liam Sheedy from? I actually I actually know what club he's from, but I can't. Oh, that's gonna kill me now. Port Row. That's like Port Row is correct. Oh yes. I was about to, I was about to say that's like been the no one you can put the ball in the net and not been able to do it. <laughs> okay, we move on again. Kenny, so this is four out of seven questions. We're neck and neck at two all. How many all stars does Charlie Carter have, Sean? Oh, what a car forward! I'd say six. Jesus, Shawnee, you're off. too six. high. No, there's, there's, too high there. there's not many lads have six all stars. No. Charlie Carter has three, three all stars. Jesus, Shawnee, he was good now. Liam, you're not that good. I'll throw over to you, Liam. How many all stars does the great John Lahey have? Two. Two, that's wrong. He's actually got three as well. Does he? Okay. So that's, this, is, this is a very tight game now. I reckon it could be very similar to the All Ireland final. Very, very, very tight. Okay, we're back to club, right? Shawnee, what club does Padraig Welch play for? Easy. Padraig Welch or Padraig Walsh? <laughs> we Tolleron. Were we Tolleron? That was an correct. easy one, Gigas. Now, Ferris. Oh, it's easier for you. It's not for me. Yeah, no. but it's Tommy's brother. Yeah. Like, you would have know what Tommy's club was. See, we don't, we're not all endowed in Kilkenny yeah. Hurling like you are. Well, you know all the answers. Right. Anyway, right, we'll move on to what club from Tipperary is Seamus Kennedy from? That's a hard one, Giggles. Uh, uh, Nina. Nina, no, that's incorrect. He's Clan Mel. Is he Clan Mel? There's so, not too many hurlers coming yeah. out Clan Mel. There's not. They've actually got. They've got three clubs down in Clamell. Clamell Oaks, um, Commercials, which is St Mary's in the hurling, and Mile Rovers. And I they're think they have another small junior one there as well. They're football. They're mainly football down in Clamell. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Rightio, Shawnee moves ahead. Three, two, two questions to go each. Uh, uh, Shawnee, how many All Stars does Kilkenny goalkeeper PJ Ryan have? Oh, PJ Ryan is only one. Oh, he got it right. Oh. He's got it right. And Liam, the same question. Same question to you on the goalies, Liam. Same question to you on the goalies. You need this to get it right to stay in the game. Brendan Cummins, how many answers does he have? Oh, that's a hard He's around a long time. He's around a long time. I'm going to go with um, five all stars. Did you say five? Yes. You would be correct. Oh. <laughs> so, so it is down to the last question. And shit, I don't have a tiebreaker question ready, but I'll come up with one. <laughs> right. And just on a side note, um, it's an absolute disgrace. PJ Ryan is only Kenny goalie who's won an All Star. But obviously, Owen Murphy's won him since. But like, that's all he deserved. It's a long time until PJ Ryan won. I know I'm up one as well, Giggle, so it could be a tiebreak. <laughs> You're up one. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm saying if, if this question oh, goes yeah. towards. It's going to go against me now after saying that. No, no, right, okay. Inky Kenny, Inky Kenny, Shawnee, who has the most club hurling titles? Oh, no. I go with Bally Hill. Uh, no, that's incorrect. It's actually Tullerone. Is it? I, I, yeah. I thought Bally Hill because Bally of the Hill are far off, and now I say you yeah. are they? What's the number there? They have the most all Ireland clubs, though, haven't they? See, Bally, Bally, they have the most all Ireland clubs, but Bally Hill are only in existence since 1972. Yeah, I know, yeah. 
and nearly every time they win a county they're going to win the All-Ireland I'd I say Ballyhill of maybe 13 or 14 I was going to say James Stevens outside of Ballyhill and yes I wouldn't have got that one alright giggles right, yo, Liam same question to you who's got the most county titles in Tipperary Torres Arsfield has to be Carlos Asfield is correct with 36 <laughs> titles. So we've got a tie break. We've got a tie break, right? So for the tie break, lads, I'm going to ask a question and you have to shout out your name to um you have to shout out your name to answer it, right? Okay, Hang okay, on a second okay. now. And if you okay. if you shout out an answer and get it wrong. You're out, you lose. Yeah, no, no if you sh- if you shout out your name as well, you have to stop. The question. Yeah, you can't yeah. answer it straight away. I'd yeah. have to give it a go. Okay. But if you get it wrong, the other if you get it wrong, the other person wins, right? <laughs> okay. I'm after I'm after what I'm rocking around the room here and I'm after finding Kilkenny versus Tibbert in two thousand and eleven, man for the fourth of September, the programme, right? Right. So who played at centre forward for Kilkenny on that day? Liam. Number eleven. Okay, Liam, go. Michael Rice. Incorrect, Liam. Shawnee wins the quiz. It was Richie Power. <laughs> I was going to say Richie Power. Was Michael Rice playing? Midfield. Michael Rice was number nine. Oh, yeah. I would have said Richie Power. Interestingly, Jesus, yeah. Interestingly, you have a look. You have a you have a look down the substitutes bench on that Kilkenny team, and maybe compare it. I know we get into it, but you've got John Dalton, number eighteen. Michael Cavan at seventeen. Connor Fogarty twenty. Chaff Patrick twenty one. TJ Reid twenty two. Our very own John Mulhall number twenty three. Richie Kieran Joyce, twenty-five. Very strong bench. <laughs> Giggles, he's but, a yeah, Richie Power was... you've, you've ripped the heart from out of him out here. He's destroyed. I know, and, and, and imagine I'm losing on a Kilkenny question as well, Shawnee. Like that must be the one. Like Shawnee wouldn't have got it. Like <laughs> I, I just told you there, I would have got Richie Power definitely. That was an obvious one. Come on, Liam. Uh, Staunch Kilkenny man like could, yourself. Devastated. I, mean, I gave, I gave it, it a go. Do you know what's tough? Actually, it's probably the Kilkenny forward at the time. It probably didn't matter where any of them were named. They could all play everywhere. Like, oh, Lancaster was actually named 14. Yeah. <laughs> he always had 11, though. He didn't always have 11. He gotcha. often played Jeez, 14. <laughs> Anya, Giggles, fantastic quiz. Nicely balanced. Brilliant quiz, Giggles, you know, you're... you're yeah, that was good. You actually have a bit of a talent for that, Giggles, now, the quiz. Especially the ones you just oh, pull yeah. out of the air. Like, you just come up I'm with walking, a question. Yeah. I'm walking around here. I'm glad they have that programme down in uh, Lismore. No, it's Lismore. Oh, Big <laughs> Kenny household there, really. Giggles is a classical Kenny fan. Yeah, he's got a, a little room yeah. dedicated to Kilkenny. Uh, he's hiding away. I've actually... I've I've just found the Kilkenny Galway 2012 program as well. Jesus, Liam, you'll be in your element down here. Yeah, I was there at that one on the replay. That one I did stay on for when they, when they drew. I was home for a few weeks. All right, Giggles, coming up next, we have an All-Ireland final preview, which I'm very, very, very excited about for lots of different reasons. It's always, you know, a great to, you know, to say that you walk the steps of Crow Park and you lifted the McCarthy Cup, like, and, but, you know, we never changed one bit from the day we started, let's say, our first game with, with Glenmore. Going back to your locals and the people that you brought up with and you reared with, and there's, there's nothing like going back there, like. The one the fancy oh, open top bus, I think, we had Dublin's, Richard Dublin's lorry, and really, yeah. up, up on the back of the lorry and off down, it's just lovely country, and a few bonfires. Richard Duggan's lorry. Um, Sean, you were actually in Kilkenny last week. You said it was the nicest place you've ever been in your life. I was, I didn't say <laughs> quite that. I said it was a. I didn't realise how much of a beautiful city it is. A really nice city. And I was walking past a shop, Richard Duggan's shop, and I just that popped into my head straight away. <laughs> so I threw it up in the story as a. Oh, yeah, you got a few reactions. Lovely on that. country. 
lovely country people. Um, so obviously the last podcast we did we did a, a preview of the All Ireland of the All Ireland semi finals. Um, I did typically Kenny to beat Limerick, and that was tipping with my head, not my heart. If you go back and listen to that one, yes. um, I, w- I was there for it, and we're in the All Ireland final, and I can't believe it to be honest. Like obviously an unbelievable win against Limerick, but this, at the start of the year I really thought All Ireland semi final circle Kenny were at. And to now be facing into an Ireland final against Tipperary, which would have been the form team all year, probably up until that Munster final, it's going to be an absolute humdinger, 15 on 15, absolute raw hurling for 70 minutes. I yeah. can't wait. Brilliant. It's, go- it's going to be back to the ages again. Like two traditional counties, they both of them generally play in a traditional way, um, and it's going to be an absolute belter. I didn't predict it. Um, oh, you were very skating off Kenny in in the preview. I did, and, and I, I I actually said I actually said they should be beaten by about seven to ten points. Yeah. Um. But I think it's it's a lot of Kenny people weren't happy with that. Shani, listen to the podcast. I, I, I'm just I saying, a lot of people if, got a lot of feedback. If, if I, I'm here to bring my honesty to this podcast, Liam. No, so I know, no but you kind of you overcooked it. It was yeah, very it personal. Matter. I think after Kenny beating Cork no, in the quarterfinal, probably came across as being that, but I just couldn't <coughs> see it, the, how good Limerick were going. Okay, so I think you and Giggles last year. Your impartiality in that preview. No, no, just giggles. Just go with giggles, and not you, because giggles said about he was worried. He goes, "You'd fear that." It was like, oh, yeah. he, he, that wasn't the language he shouldn't have used. He goes, "You, you." He should have said, "You think that Kilkenny might," but he was fearing that Kilkenny could do something that might end up winning. Yeah, but that's but okay, giggles. No, no, and I, I'm sticking. I'm sticking with my with my words. I feared that. But like, <laughs> so, like you, you, you even you even were saying to him during the year, like you don't think this is a, a great Kilkenny transition. Now, I think I think they've they've thrown that out the window. And I think to be fair to them, they're being measured against the, the one of the best hurling teams of all time. That's what they're being measured against. And maybe if you take that kind of barometer away from them and start measuring them against the teams that are there, maybe there's a because di- 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 as we said, there's probably six to eight teams, and there's only a puck of a ball between probably five to six of them. And that's the way it's turned out. And Kilkenny, in fairness to them, in every single game they've played, and we said this the last day, they've never been either winning by more than a score or losing by more than a score, with probably yeah. the exception of the Cork game, right? They're always in there. And you just get this feeling that in any in any GA match, right, the, the team that can kind of keep the scoreboard ticking over when they're in serious trouble always are in with a kind of a, a puncher's chance at the end, right? So that's what Kilkenny did in a lot of games. And even if you go back to the Galway game when they were being annihilated, right? They were down by eight or ten points at one stage in that game. They kept the scoreboard ticking over. Richie or TJ Reid kept hitting the freeze. He kept scoring them. He kept Kilkenny in the game. And if there was two more minutes in that game, we all know Kilkenny would have got a draw or would have won the game. That's just a fact. So the kind of the the the, the, the kind of mantra of this Kilkenny team, I suppose, has been hang in there, hang in there, hang in there when they're not in the game. And then when they get their dominance as we've seen against Cork in the quarterfinal, as we've seen in the first 17 minutes in the semi-final against Limerick, they make a count. And they scored, I think it was 2-6 or 2-7 against Cork in the third quarter. Against Limerick, they switched it around. They did it in the first quarter, and they scored 1-8 to a point. So, like, if they win the All-Ireland, I, I, I'm actually going to stick up for Kilkenny here, and people are saying, oh, it's a shit Kilkenny team that are going to win the All-Ireland. But it can't be, you know. And, no, this, yeah. we, and Dave, you, you, you gave out to me about the Soft All-Ireland podcast, and I was being honest, I think, in that view. But... This would be an unbelievably tough All Ireland. This would be down as one of the toughest Irelands ever, especially if Kenny were to win it. I think because I think Tipperary have had a, a, a way easier route into the final. Yeah, I, I think if Kenny were to win this All Ireland, all jokes aside, I think it would be the greatest one they've ever won in, in recent memory. It'll like, be, yeah, it'll be Cody's greatest All Ireland for what he has. And like 
what I was going to say there was, um, you know, Kilkenny have been, like the last three or four games Kilkenny have been coming into, they've been, you know, pitted as underdogs, they're pitted as being, not as having good hurlers as the opposition, like Limerick, Cork, whatever. But like, I was thinking about it after when Kilkenny beat Limerick, I'm like, what's the definition of a good hurler like, you know? So like, there's all this, you know, monster hurling about, you know, being risky hurlers and all that. And because they don't have that pressure, because it's not like, you know, fellas are hanging off them, you know, it's not an attritional game like normally what some of the games in Leinster are like that. And I was th- really thinking, you know, like Cork have a lot of lovely hurlers and Limerick have a lot of good hurlers. But like when they are pushed to it, when it's under pressure, I mean, we're always taught when we were being coached by a very good trainer of ours, Eamon Ryan. And he always said, like, it's all, all, it's all down to what you can do under pressure. Like, you can do all the skills all you want off the wall when there's no one on you and you have all these lovely touches and everything. But when the pressure comes on, how you perform under the white heat of pressure, like, and Kilkenny just have that, like. And there's, sti- there's still a resemblance of the old Kilkenny teams as well because, as you said there, Giggles, as well, when they get the period of dominance, they seem to blow teams away. They had that period of dominance against Cork, and put the game out of their reach. And Cork clawed it back in the end, but it was too much of a gap. Um, Limerick, the same thing. When they had that period of dominance, they just blew them away. They they went 1-6 to 2 points is it, in the first 10 minutes or 12 they minutes. They by 9 points at one yeah, stage. They were absolutely one, one hammering them. Two, yeah. yeah, they were coasting. And like they still have... like The thing is, why, what makes them so great... Is, is is the culture that Cody has created in there. I know I've spoken about this before. It's like what he gets out of those players. And he's got players on the field. And doesn't, like, yes, they have a game plan and all that, but he's got players on the field. And he's been saying this as well. It's their decision making on the field. Dim taking the game by the scruff of the neck. It's the likes of Fogarty dropping back in the hole, sweeping up in, in, in the car game. You know, him making that decision. He, he wa- probably wasn't told to do that, but he's seen. What was needed to be done, where the where the stopgap needed to be put, and he was, they have those people, and I just that just what puts them apart from all other teams at the moment. And like as you said, they've just if they win this All Ireland, it will be probably their greatest All Ireland. And as well, I'd be five hundred dollars richer because I have a gra- I have a great know. bet with Giggles that we made <laughs> two years ago, and Giggles said during the week it was our two year anniversary when we did our first show that Kenny would win All Ireland in the next five years. Now yeah. I didn't think it would be this year myself. But giggles, I could be. This would, this would be the, this would this would have been the third season without an All Ireland, yeah. So I would have been three years into it. Yeah. But I, I, yeah, I don't. I, I'm fearing for that bet now <laughs> myself, to be honest. And I even said to Shawnee, and I never did it. I was down yeah, in WIT. Uh, I said to Shawnee, I said, "Look at that, Kilkenny are four yeah. to one to win the All Ireland. I might just go in and throw a hundred on them and hedge my bets with them." And and I, I meant to do it, and I never got time. Yeah. I ne- and I never freaking did it. So look, I'll be back. It'll be five hundred down if, if, if I win. But your luck. That w- like you know, obviously I just want Kenny to win. The bet is irrelevant, but that would be a lovely sweetener to take off you as well. <laughs> oh, like. But like in, in like in saying that too, like you know, uh, uh, you know, we've been talking about Kenny here, but like the other thing in Tipperary, like they've started the year, you know, absolutely all guns firing, just putting teams away. Had a poor monster final. You know, got over Leash just about. You know, Leash put up a fair fight against them, and Leash are, are a quality team, and I think we'll see that next year. Yeah, but they put in a performance against Wexford. You know, which I didn't know was in them. I didn't think was in them. They gritted their teeth. You know, they were up against the, the like after Lee Chin's goal. You know, after Lee Chin's goal, all the momentum yeah. was with Wexford, and they just 
they weathered the storm down the man and, and like pulled out a serious performance and like that performance now going into the Kilkenny game you know on top of like the fact that they're playing their oldest and greatest rivals like is just a mouth-watering challenge this is going to be next Sunday and Giggles what's interesting with, with that match was to your point in the preview that we did have done in semi-finals about Tipperary dropping the head against Limerick and when Chin got that goal for Wexford like my gut feeling was okay Tipper going to fade away here now you know like yeah. Wexford got their goal Tipper down to 14 men but in fairness what we saw from Tipperary was amazing like now Limerick yeah, or yeah. Wexford probably did go back into themselves a little bit right which was going to happen I think because they've been on just such an amazing roller coaster this year but everything went against Tip yeah. like referee decisions some of them were right some of them were definitely wrong we won't go through them all now but everything that could have went wrong went wrong and the character that that team shown and the character has been questioned of those players, a lot of those players, it was an amazing last quarter from Tipperary to walk out that door in Crow Park and win it kind of comfortably in the end. Yeah, I think, I think I, I, def, I, I definitely agree with you. I think, and I have two points down here that I think Liam Sheedy has addressed that. But just to finish off in the semi-finals as well, I think there's two differentials between Limerick and Wexford, right? Just to talk about the two, two losers for a second. Limerick, in fairness to them, right, they were 1-9 to a point or two points down, and they stuck to their game plan for the whole game. They actually beat Kilkenny 2-15-13 after that, and they were very wasteful in chances. Like They, they easily could have got a draw with that game. I mean, we, we, there's no need to talk about the 65. Everyone's probably talked that to death. Yada, yada, yada. However, on the flip side, what Wexford did was Wexford panicked. Panic. Wexford went five Panic. points up. And what did Mark Fanning do for the next 20 minutes? He hit every single puck out down the middle on top of Ronan Maher, Paddy Maher, Brendan Maher, three of the best men in, in, in hurling in the air in defense, from a defensive perspective, hoping that Conor McDonald would catch one and get a point for them. And I think Wexford only scored after Lee Chin's goal, was it two points in yeah. the rest of the game? And Tip got 12 or something, minutes. something like that. And Tip got 12, which was ridiculous. But that's, that's them, that's them aside. I think one of the major things Sheedy has done though since the Limerick game, he's done major surgery on his defense. He's brought in Barry Heffernan, Got rid, of, got rid of, of James them, Barry, which is a great call, I think. Got rid of James Barry. And, and, and I actually, I was writing out the team here, and I don't know what way it's going to start. Does Ron Amar play fullback? Does Barry Heffernan play corner or wing? Does Brendan Maher play fullback? They won't change the halfback line. They won't change the halfback line, you guess. Which is what? Which is, which is Kennedy, Park Maher, and Brendan Maher. Is yeah, that right? Yeah. Brendan Maher, I reckon, is up for Hurler of the Year if he has a good yeah. final. What they're saying is that Brendan Maher will tag TJ. He has already done the Galand this year. Yeah. He's been yeah. doing the dirty jobs for the last couple of games and he's coming out with flying colours. He is absolutely having a phenomenal year. Fellow clubman of yeah. our, our great manager, Francie Collins. Oh, yeah. yeah. But what yeah. you have what you have what you have there is and in terms of, especially right, Barrett was missing for the Munster final, Barry Heffernan wasn't playing, and Kennedy wasn't playing, I don't believe, or Kennedy could have had his first game in. But what you have there in the three of those players is three defenders with serious pace. And the biggest thing that was legislated against the Tipperary team, especially after that month's final, was that they were too slow. Yeah. So now you've got Barry Heffernan, Kennedy and Barrett in helping the three serious matters who have all the hurling in the world in terms of their, their, their maybe perceived lack of pace. And you've got a much better defensive unit. And also what you have is you've got six hurlers. You don't have any lad who's not starting an attack. So that, this is where I was confused last year. Barry Heffernan was probably cornerback. I think he scored a point or two. And he was, he was always unreal. up the He was going the forward off the shoulder. Position. Yeah, he was unreal constantly so it is kind of like they're going with the total hurling game now as well and Kilkenny if you contrast their game plan it's very different they had Fogarty 
Welch and Deegan as holding halfbacks. Very little going forward from them, but they had the finishers up front and they created the space for the likes of TJ, Mullen, Fenley, etc. And they're kind of playing. So they are a little bit too contrasting game plans, even though everyone thinks they're traditional. Both bloody Kilkenny wing forwards are going to be back in their own half-back line, so there's nothing traditional about that. Or Tipperary are coming with a totally, total hurling game plan. My biggest fear for Tipperary is their half-forward line, though. I just think yeah. the Limerick half-forward line was touted as the greatest half-forward line in the last couple of years. You've got Hegarty, you've got uh, Kyle Hayes, and you've got Marcy. Hegarty and Marcy were destroyed. Absolutely destroyed. Your favourite player, Shawnee Hegarty. Yeah, Marcy, who's done great. Enough. They were, they were obliterated. And then and then on the tip side, you've got Dan McCormack, you've got Bubbles if he's, if he's centre-forward, and you've got your man from Kidderan, McDonough's O'Dwyer. Is it O'Dwyer his name is? What the fuck is his name? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. None of them are big. Is, None of them are, are, are... No, no, for Tipperary. Go on, oh, what is he? He's a left-handed hurler, but... Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You Google them there, Sean. <laughs> but they, 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 they're not like in of the quality of the Limerick half hour line, and you wonder how they're going to go. So it's it's it's, it's a, like it's a it's a very intriguing battle. It's Tip versus Kilkenny. It's the two traditionalists. It's the two teams that six weeks ago or four weeks ago you would have said no way would they be in an All Ireland final. And they're there. <laughs> it's yeah. going to be some cracker. And it's interesting as well. I read an interesting article from Jackie Turner in the Irish Times during the week in his preview. He has the win and lose of this game in the puckouts. He thinks the puckouts yeah. from Murphy and from the tip goalie. What's the tip goalie's name? I can't think of either now off the top of my tongue. Hogan. 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 Um, like he said, like Kenny went so unheard of, obviously, up until probably the last couple of years going short and how much success they're getting off going short and working the ball out through the lines that how that is going to dictate against Hogan. And also, obviously, O'Murphy, Kenny got the goal off Colin Fenley by O'Murphy varying it up and going an absolute launcher down on top of Colin Fenley, down on top of the 14, and got a goal out of it. So, Kenny dominated their puck out wins against Limerick as well. That's what was the win in the game for Kenny. Um, and even though TJ Reid was scoreless, the amount of clean ball that TJ won and won freeze from it or laid on balls, that will be if TJ has that influence from puck outs again, and the same at Walter and John Donnelly actually have been very strong for Kilkenny in the last couple of games. They're up against the best half-back line in, in the country probably at the moment. That'll be the winning and losing of it, I think, there for both teams. Yeah, I think I have a point written down here before we come on. TJ Reid highlights Kilkenny's teamwork and unselfishness. Like, he won man in the match not scoring anything from play. Like, if, if Wexford were told TJ wouldn't score from play in the game, they would have taken that hand over fist. Limerick but the did. work yeah. he did, uh, sorry, Limerick, yeah. excuse me, but the work he did, like the, the the puck outs he won, I knew he'd have two or three lads on him straight away, so it was a quick hand pass out to the right, to the left, creating those scoring opportunities the for hooky, Mullen in particular. The hook, he, the hook he got on Kyle Hayes as well in the first half. Like that just summed yeah. it up for he, me. Like he got back and hooked Hayes, who was all on his own, ready just to slot over a routine point, you know. He yeah. did. He did that. He, he, did, were, he had the same performance in the Cork game as well. He was he was held scoreless from play, but he was involved in thirteen other scoring um, scoring chances from uh, Kenny point of view as well. Like, like you're spot on giggles with uh, with that point of view of TJ Reid. He's he he epitomizes you know the the work rate of of the Kilkenny forward line, like which is which is bringing up serious results in the last couple of games. What are your thoughts on Sheedy, though? Like, I won't lie, I'm not a massive fan of him as manager. As a pundit on the Sunday game, I actually think he's very good. Since he's come back, I think it's all about Liam Sheedy. And you saw him there after the match. He was up, you know, p- 
pump in the fist. He was who? What Wexford player did he hit? He knocked him down to the ground. We ran around into him at the end. That was hilarious. Front of the papers next day, Liam Sheedy and his family in the stand. You know what I mean? Like that's one thing. Isn't that great to see? Uh, I think you're, I think I, I think I think I think Liam, you're looking at that with anti Tipperary exactly. Kenny Rose. Exactly. That, have you seen no. Giggles? Have you seen, his link, have, have you seen his LinkedIn giggles? He's a very successful man, so he's a seriously high up job in Bank no, no, of Ireland. That's he fine. was on no, the committee. Good on him. Yeah, good on him. But, 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 but pause a second, Olin. You've gone very anti Tipperary. We know you're going to I love you. love this. Let me, let me read this out. Let me read this out. Hang on. No, 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 no. Let me make my point now first. Liam Sheedy was absolutely obliterated by a Wexford man running into him. He took a belt and he was so psyched up for his own team. The fact that that team is Tipperary, Liam, is irking you, right? But he just was psyched. And he's brought the Tipperary team back from where Waterford were last year, which Waterford haven't been able to do, right down in the doldrums at the very bottom of Munster. And they're in an all-Ireland final, just like similarly Cody has done to, to with Kilkenny. So I think you have to give Liam Sheedy great praise. Right, you want to give a LinkedIn message here now for, from, this, from Liam Sheedy. You're well, connected this, with him here, I see Giggles. Giggles is connected with two high flyers in the, in the financial sector. Um, he has up here on his LinkedIn, like one of his things was he was the manager of Tipperary from 2008 2010. So this is why he's one of the bullet points. Inherited a team, low in conference, and built him into a top-performing team in the country. Developed a high-performing circle consisting of the following values. Trust, leadership, excellence. Like, go get fucked, Liam Shitty. Like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, Liam, no, sorry now. Up on his LinkedIn. Liam, like, you know what I mean? Sorry now for the language. Man. But anyway, it's all about Liam Shitty. If Tipperary win, I learned, he'll be open to stand lifting the, with, with the cup as well. And... I just hope I can't can he win just to put him back in his box again that he can go over his tail between his legs. That's why I'm hoping. Shawnee, we, we, we're, we're going to distance ourselves, Shawnee, from those comments, Shawnee. I forgot to go back in, to Clamwell and live there for the next week, first of all, which is in Tipperary. Um, my son is a half a Tipperary man as much as I don't like to admit it. And actually, it was very Liam, you, you, you love this, actually. We were, I was coming off the picture of Crow Park last Sunday with Sean and I miss... Fogarty's father's name who was a selector of kicking Martin Fogarty yeah. who first of all is an absolute gentleman right so hurling mad yeah, talking, about, talking about hurling talking about the match he was full of praise for all the world games and all that kind of stuff got down to the Tip Kenny stuff and I was telling him I married a girl for Tipperary and, and yeah, yeah and he was like whatever you do don't live in Tipperary whatever you do don't live in Tipperary <laughs> so I was like I was laughing away with him and I showed him a picture of my son Sean who was there with a Waterford jersey on in a Tip jersey that Jill had on him and he goes, "Isn't that fucking awful?" <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that, "That sums up that that sums up the Kilkenny Tipperary hatred there in a moment." Like one of the best kind of selectors, Cody and trainers, Cody's had with him, and he couldn't have a, a good word to say about anything to do with Tipperary. So, look, we get your point, Liam, but we're not agreeing with John the You don't have to agree. Here. You I don't, don't have to agree, but I know the listeners out there will, will, will agree. But look, I think like, it's great to see the bit of animation on the sideline. It's better than looking at Cody spitting his hands every five seconds, like. Jeez. But just just on, just on emotion though, I was at the Kenny Limerick match on the Saturday, and I was there with my my boy, who thank God is just half Kenny, half Sydney, so that's okay. <laughs> he's, 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 he's automatically a Kenny man. New South Wales, uh, New South Wales, um, and Tanya as well, my wife. And we were in my my sister's tickets. She had um, season tickets, so we're sitting amongst all Kenny supporters. And Kenny wouldn't be known really as emotional supporters really, or the team, or Cody really, until the end of an All-Ireland final if they win. But the match with the Bet Limerick, it was actually like they'd won the All-Ireland final as a supporter. Like the emotion amongst all the supporters, everyone was hugging each other, which is not really something Kenny supporters would do in an Ireland semi-final. And even the players and Cody were overwhelmed with the win. You know, if you look back in All-Ireland semi-finals in years gone by, not that it was arrogant, Stratton did job done. Job done, shake hands yeah. onto the final. Yeah. 
Albert Cody. Steve, are you are you just trying to are you trying to highlight the fact that the Kilkenny people have trouble expressing their emotions? Is that what you're trying to say? I think it was um, <laughs> Don't call him the what, what was the what what did the separate wives separate wives separate wives no but like it was just it was unbelievable like that. Yeah. It meant so much to that team and to Cody and to all those supporters. So such underdogs because it was such underdogs, and it was it was yeah, it, no, it, it was it was amazing. Honestly, you like, heard the podcast. I think that they were going to beat by seven or eight, seven know, or ten points. I know. Yeah, like, listen to that. Yeah. They were like, "We're approaching on you wrong." But like, I've been at like 10, 12 all Ireland's at Crow Park, and that win against Limerick was up there with any dollar wins that Kenny have had. Yeah. Wouldn't that say good, yeah? yeah, wouldn't it? I've been to ten to twelve all Ireland, Kenny yeah. all Ireland. But yeah. like the team as well, the thing, like Limerick, like for me, right. Look, results aside, Limerick are like the, they, they were the team to beat. They were the All Ireland champions, no league doubt. champions, yeah. monster champions. They were like they're a serious team still. Like even yeah. the last Kenny by a point. They're I, like for me like you obliterated Tipperary in the monster final. No, they're marked their champions. Like that, that was a huge. That was that was a huge win for for Kenny. Mm. I, I think huge. to Limerick's credit, if any other team had been up against Kenny that first quarter and they're up by nine points, Kenny would have just won by nine points. But Limerick were yeah. so good. And never gave in. Like they're a very likable team, I have to say. Like every one of them, they worked themselves back into the game when nothing was going right for them. And up until the last second, they nearly had a draw. You know what I mean? Like they were, yeah. they were amazing champions. I think the whole hurling public could say nothing but good things about them and about John Kiley. Like after the game, made no crib about the the sixty five or potential sixty five. You know what I mean? Like is in. It was. They, they, they're a class act. Yeah. That Limerick team. Yeah. It yeah. didn't go right for them on the day. They probably slipped into a couple of, of things that Kilkenny, a couple of traps that Kilkenny laid for them, especially with their half hours drifting out and took yeah. them out of the game. And, you know, not to, like. They'll it, be it, back. Like, they'll they'll, be, they'll back. be back. They're, they're a class team. But it yeah. just does go to show, though, how hard it is to put back to back All Ireland. Yeah. You know, we, we, we've, we've spoken about this on the podcast before. There's another team gone. You know, hasn't been done yeah. either by Kilkenny or Cork in the last 20 years. The majority of it has been Kilkenny. It's such a hard thing to do. And yeah. you would have thought Galway were going to do it. They nearly did it last year. Limerick were nailed on to do it this year. Gone. Yeah. So whoever does it this year starts all again next year, whether it be Tip or Kilkenny. But that's where Hurling is at at the moment. And even though the Round Robin series has been not so good in Munster this year, Leinster probably had a vintage year. The semi-finals. Yeah. Semi-finals, unbelievable. Like Hurling, yeah. like we had teams, like you said, Giggles, within a puck, of, within a puck of a ball of yeah. each other. And Wexford's resurgence has been massive um, for hurling, not just in Leinster, but the country and their supporters are, you know, unbelievable. If Wexford had a beaten Tipperary, there probably would have been 70,000 Wexford supporters at that match (laughs) coming up this Sunday. Like, you know, so... You couldn't couldn't help but be emotionally attached to both semi-finals um, this year. Like, you're on the edge of your seat and your heart's in your mouth watching both semi-finals. Like, it was incredible. Yeah, and and my big takeaway was being, being there... Actually watching it in person, like I haven't seen a, a match like that since the last Ireland final. I was at three years ago. The speed of the game in person, the hits in person, like like you just get choked up. You have no time on the ball. You should have seen Zero. the World Games finals. It was just as bad. I saw that. I saw that. You're all bloody blown after two minutes. Anyway, we won't go on about that. But giggles down to predictions, right? I'm going to ask you for your prediction, but where it's going to be won. So first off, prediction. Yeah, I, I'm going to predict a Kilkenny win oh. primarily because every time I tip against them, they they they, they win, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I want to get my five hundred dollars save. <laughs> but no, I I, I do think Kilkenny are going to win it. I think, and it's going to be won um, by TJ Reid, um, creating as well as scoring. Uh, I think 
against the tip defense. I think he's the one man that makes kick any tick. I know they've got the whole team mantra, etc., etc. But every time he's taken out of the game from play, he's hitting the freeze. Every single free goes over the bar. I think even if you take it as a free taker versus free taker, I think if you were coming down to two minutes to go and the game was level, I'd have TJ puts down the ball at the point. Absolutely no question. Jason Ford puts down the ball. I'm thinking, Jason, is he going to score this or is he going to miss it? Do you know what I mean? Those kind of small margins may make a big difference. But I think TJ Reid, not to go with the most obvious thing, will make the difference between the two teams. I think they're even on that front, but he, he brings the X factor. And I, I reckon Kenny might win it by four. Lovely gig, because that's music to my ears. Shawnee. <laughs> well, I'll... Um more music to your ears. I'm going to go with Kikini as well. Oh, here I, we go. I think. I'm, no, not, I'm not liking this. I think. No, I think. No, genuinely. Genuinely. Sean is not good at predicting. Wait, no, no. Oh, I've had a very bad this year, actually. I had a good good run last year, test for this year. But um, I just think it's. I'd go on the other half, Arlen. Yes, I, I take your points, Giggles. I think you're spot on with TJ. I think he's going to be the main factor there. Um, I also think that. Fenley inside will have too much. Once he gets on that ball again, I, I can see him getting in for a goal again. He's just strength. And he's running, he's just, he's phenomenal. And I know Cahill Barrett and um, Barry Heffernan are, are pretty, you know, strong fellas as well, or um, quick fellas more than strong fellas, and I think he'll have too much for them inside there. But um, the, where I think is actually, is the, the Tipperary far line, that's or t- and the Kilkenny half-back line. I think they will have it over that um, that half-hour line, Dan McCormack, Bubbles and Niall O'Mara. I don't think, <coughs> like, you have Paddy Deegan, you have Conor Fogarty and you have Parig Walsh. These guys, like Paddy Deegan, I always think and for the games, oh, he's going to get cleaned out, I thought. And Gerard Hergty is going to clean him out, I thought. Um, half Ireland going to clean him out, Lee or someone like that. Um, but the man is like, when I talk about earlier on about, you know, a good hurler, like he looks to be not a stylish hurler, doesn't have the great, great touch or anything like that. But the man is a superb defender and his delivery is not that bad either. He looks awkward when he's hitting the ball, but he's actually a very good delivery. Um, I think he just he's one of, he's a, just an unreal player. I think Parag Walsh is having a fantastic season, and Fogarty is just getting better and better in every game. I think I just don't think that that the Tipperary half hour line have that to get over those guys. I think that's what that's the line. I think it's going to be won and lost um, next Sunday, and I'd say Kilkenny by about. I'm going to say two points. Two points. Okay. Two uh, two so far for Kilkenny. Oh, yeah, I am going to tip Kilkenny as well. Surprise, surprise. Sorry. <laughs> well, you take one. Sorry, the one, the one thing I was just, I had written down here and I didn't get it off my chest actually, but one of the things that get off your chest Tipperary, Tipperary, really, Tipperary really helped kind of drive them over the line against Wexford was the four subs they brought on. Willie Connors, Brown, Jake Morris and Kyo. They're all between the ages of 20 and 22. And especially, I think it was Connors with the black helmet. He must have got on about eight ball, eight to ten balls in that last ten-minute period and got a point or two. And that was serious pace coming in when Wexford were dead. Now, Kilkenny on the flip side, I, I, you, I'd be interested to hear your take, Liam, on have you heard any rumblings around Kilkenny on is there going to be any changes into the team? Will Richie Lahey start with Brown in midfield? Will Richie Hogan start? Maybe, maybe you could touch on a few of those points in your prediction. Well, I just know, first off, that Richie Lahey actually wasn't right the last day. Um, he wasn't fully well, fit yeah. coming into the game and I didn't know that until after he had a very poor obviously first half and no, no impact and got hauled off Richie Hogan I couldn't believe lasted the first half he, I thought he was so ordinary yeah. um, and he could have been gone after 15 minutes in my view he's struggling with his back the whole time 
And I think it's just, yeah. you saw what he did against Cork and what he can do is if he does get a chance, he he's probably will get a goal if he's th- that kind of one-on-one through. But you saw there how bottled up he got. He got a ball one stage where he intercepted a sharp puck out and he got blocked down. Like, it was horrible nearly to watch him. So I think he'll be lucky to start. Now, Bill Sheen did tweak his hamstring in training during the week, so he would be kind of one of the lads putting pressure under him for a start. So I think Richie Latty will start again. And I think he will start with Brown. I think Brown has been excellent in the last two games for Kilkenny, kind of thrown in at the deep end. My prediction yeah. is, is for Kilkenny to win. Um, I think it'll be very tight, though. I, I, I'm going to go with Kilkenny by a point again, and that was my prediction the last day against Limerick. I think <laughs> I just don't think there'll be anything between them. I think it, you can talk about the contrast in styles, giggles, but no matter what, it'll be a ding-dong. You know what I mean? Like, it will be yeah. helter-skelter. Yeah. And I think Kilkenny are just about going to have enough... And I agree with Shawnee's point with the half-back line. I think Kenny's half-back line is actually functioning very well and is, is probably Tipperary's weakest line. Now, if Bubbles clicks, he can flash over like six points on play. Like, you know, he, he's capable of that. And all those tip forwards if they do. But I just, I think that's where Kenny. Yeah, Kenny back line just won't give him that space. Yeah, they yeah. just will not. They're too disciplined. Yeah, so that's, that, that's where I think Kenny will have the winning of it too. But I do think it's going to be right down to the wire and it'll be 73rd minute and we we'll be waiting for the ball to be... The whistle to be blown up and hopefully Kilkenny be out on top by a point. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a draw, to be honest. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a draw. Yeah. We haven't had a draw. I don't think we've actually had a draw this year. We've had loads of draws last year. I don't think we had one Giggles Hope. Wexford Kilkenny. Wexford Kilkenny, sorry. Oh, yes. you... Wexford draw three, yeah. Wexford Galway and who else? <laughs> There's been a lot of draws. There's been a lot of draws, <laughs> sorry. I'll take back that point. That they drew a Galway, point. they drew a Dublin. He's getting excited already. I'm getting excited, but I actually think Kilkenny by a point or a draw, that's my prediction. But I'm going to go for a clean okay, which, which is it, Which is point, it? Can can by point, can by point, can by point. point. Um, so, look, can't wait for it. It's on here next Sunday night. I have Shawnee coming over, going doing the spring rolls, a um, few goujons, a few potato wedges, sweet and sour dip, Shawnee. How does that sound? That sounds good to me. Yeah, Giggles, you're going to be in Crow Park, um, which is slightly better than being in my house. Um, <laughs> but, look, you must be excited going to it, are you? Ah, uh, very, very excited. I'll probably either have Jill or Jill's brother coming with me. You got the two tickets uh, from Australasia GA, which is which is a great. You get them wrapped up and, ha- and you know you have tickets for the final, which is which is great. So I have a tip supporter with me. Call the spade, the spade. I'll be shouting for Tipperary. Will you get <laughs> I, I want to keep the five hundred. I you? will. Yeah. Uh, geez, like, the five hundred. The, f- the five hundred. The five hundred aside, would you shout for Tipperary over Kenny? Five five hundred aside, Liam. Me and Shani had a very good honest conversation one of the days there were in the sea, and we're like. We never used to hate Kilkenny as much until we started doing the podcast with me. <laughs> and we're like, do you know what? I go, and Johnny goes to me, I goes, do you know what? He's right. I goes, he's one of our best friends. But Jesus, that smoky Kilkenny face, the minute I see it, I, used to, I just hope they lose every game. And we were both in agreement. So Liam, like, it's your fault that we hate exactly, Kilkenny so much. Yeah. It's not That's anyone okay. else in Kilkenny, it's you. Which you would not care about what I owe if Kilkenny win. You'd actually be even smugger. And yeah. leaving kiddos even more. So yeah. oh, <laughs> that's the only reason I'd be shouting for Tim. I'm okay with, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I know you are. <laughs> um, yeah, look, it'll be unbelievable. It's so great that you're going to Giggle. So we have good representation. Make sure you're logged in now. To, I haven't given you the, the Instagram uh, password because I'm afraid of what you could do. But I might give it to you for that day so you can um, <laughs> you can do some, some live footage for us. A bit of a buff Egan style. You never know. Get AGA at the, at the final in Crow Park. Um, I'll do a bit of life for this game I will, I will, I will. Yeah. alright well look um, I think that's it for today 
please get in touch with us. We've done a, an early All Ireland preview to get out in front of the crowd in that oversaturated GA podcast world. Um, <laughs> please reshare. I know Giggles and Sean, you were spreading the good word at the World Games. So I hope you're listening far and wide in the four corners of the world and get this podcast out there because we'd love to hear from you as well. Get in touch with us on Twitter on GA, the same on Facebook and Instagram, and also email us GA at gmail.com. And Giggles, we'll be back in touch with you early next week um, after the All-Ireland, hopefully celebrating uh, a Kilkenny win. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> no comment on that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Shani, thanks for having us. Thanks for the tea, oh, the Aldi chocolate, Aldi biscuits. And uh, Giggles, enjoy the week and we'll be back to talk about your wedding next week. Lovely hurling. Okay, then. See, see you later. See Take you later. Bye, bye, bye.